Welcome to episode three of Black and White Brunch. I'm Joe Crawford. There's certain books that come along in your life that really mean a lot to you. It could be when you read them, uh, what the book was about, or something that was going on in your lifetime, and so it has some special meaning because of that. The book we're going to do today is actually an old favorite of mine. It's probably one of the very first black and white books that I read that wasn't something like a reprint of DC Comics or Marvel Comics in the old paperback form, but probably the first original black and white book that I ever read, and that's Boris the Bear, issue number two from Dark Horse Comics. This came out in 1986. It is $1.50 cover price USA, $2.30 Canadian. Uh, story is Mike Richardson, script is Randy Stradley and James Dean Smith, art is James Dean Smith, letters David Jackson, edits Randy Stradley, and cover colors Steve Matson. So the one thing I want to say before I jump into this, I'm trying to do this one both mostly from uh, memory. I did do a quick flip through before I decided to hit record today, but I kind of wanted to treat this one a little differently to see what jumps out at me as I'm flipping through the pages, what I remember of the plot. I will be reading some of it directly, especially the intro, because it kind of sets up what's going on with this. On the cover, we have three robots looking down onto Boris. He is holding what looks like a giant ink pen with a handle, which kind of has Kirby Crackle going on around it. And the robots are the sort that you would have seen, you know, around 1986. One of them looks very similar to uh, Jetfire, Another one looks like something from Robotech, and the third one's just kind of nondescript, like one of those generic ones you would have picked up when you were at the drugstore and they didn't have Transformers or GoBots, you know. It was the next best thing that, you know, Revco, which was our drugstore as a kid in Perry, Georgia, would have had. Anyway, let's get started. The street is silent now, except for the hiss of burning circuitry, but a moment ago, the air was filled with screams of rending metal, the crush of steel against asphalt and brick and the roar of unleashed cosmic energy. Boris thinks, the destruction is incredible. How did it get to this? How did it ever go this far? Somehow I survived against all odds. I've managed to prevail, but now I face my greatest challenge. What did I ever do? How did all this get started? And you see a smoking building, carnage everywhere of robots, and Boris is dressed up a la Rambo with a... Uh, pen being held and there's a couple of hands holding out papers and the title of this issue is die robot die so now that he's gotten the the setup this one we're going to flash back to what got us there uh dave and boris are about to go into the comic book store but uh i don't know if you guys have ever read boris number one uh Chris and Reggie covered it on the Cosmic Treadmill. If you haven't uh, listened to that episode, go check it out. It's a classic. Boris basically takes out as many of the mutated ninja rodent turtle animals that came out in the 80s. You know, if it was basically a funny animal book uh, that was in that black and white explosion era, Boris took them out. And like I said, that was well covered in an episode of the Treadmill. So anyway... They don't want him going in the comic store, because last time he went in the comic store, he tore up a bunch of comics. So they go in. Boris promises he's going to behave. The comic store owner says, Wait a minute, Dave. Remember what happened last time Boris was here? These comics cost money. Don't worry. Boris promised he wouldn't tear up any more comics. Right, Boris? Me? Tear up a comic? I would never even think of such a thing. Hey, it's another mutant animal book. Don't look, Boris. 
I'm cool. And so they buy a copy of Flaming Carrots. Boris promises to stay out of trouble, and he goes and he heads out of the comic book store. He trips over a robot. Sensors indicate that Miniature Bear was at fault for a collision. Miniature Bear, my fault? Of course, how clumsy of me. Are you all right? This unit sustained no damage. We'll see about that. Stand still, you big hunk of scrap. Miniature Bear intends this unit harm. Self-preservation program initiated. Take your mitts off of me before I crush you like an empty 12-ouncer. Whap! And Boris goes flying, lands on his head. Attention, prototype doom. Converge on coordinates 5733. Call to action. Cannot allocate additional temporal units to Miniature Bear. Whoosh! Farewell, Miniature Bear. And he flies off. What the? Come back here, you oversized wind-up toy. And Boris is upset. Dave says, hey, Boris, I don't know when I was going to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this now. You are actually a robot. And, of course, Boris does not take this well. He does the thing where he kind of peels back some fur, and you see that there's circuitry underneath his skin. And Boris is very upset and distressed by this, so he runs off to his treehouse in Dave's backyard. Well... So, uh, basically, Boris is upstairs, he can't believe that he's a robot, you know, and then there's like an earthquake, and it's a, he looks out his treehouse window and he sees a bunch of uh, these robots flying off, and he decides, well, I'm tired of this, I'm going to take out these robots. They're all over lunch boxes. they're all over the TV, everywhere I turn around, there's these robots, I can't stand it anymore. And so then he sets up this kind of trap where... Uh, on the drawing board where he's using oil for bait and kind of, you know, the box that falls down by a stick being pulled to catch the robot. But that, of course, doesn't work. So he's going through idea after idea, and he can't come up with anything. Then all of a sudden, he hears, Ding! Boris, I have something for you, Boris. What? It will aid you in your mission. It's him! It's him! There's no mistaking that chiseled face, that cigar, those slab-like fingers. And once again, you see that... uh old-fashioned pin, and it's got the Kirby crackle around it. Here, Boris, take it. Gosh, behold the cosmic can opener. Don't be afraid. Those black energy balls aren't just for show. Pretty neat, huh? But it's humming. That just means it's ready to rock and roll if you get my drift. It'll cut through six inches of unyielding armor like chainsaw through thin soup. But why me? Because I like you. You got spunk. Because I have a soft heart and soft spot in my heart for the little guy. What's that you're putting on your head? This, uh, something I like to wear. It suits you. One last thing before you go. What's that? When you come back, clean this place. It's a mess. So just like Dave wanted him to do earlier, he's, uh, the, the ghost, I guess, of Kirby. I don't know. I don't think Kirby's dead at this point. No. Kirby's still alive and well in 86. Um, so, anyway. Kirby's spirit, I don't know how he's doing it, uh, you know, is speaking to Boris and he's going to go fight off these robots with the giant cosmic can opener. Um, so, he sees where the robots are flying and he goes out into a field and he sees a bunch of robots just kind of hanging out and they're like, I can change into a truck. I can change into a race car. I can change into a jet plane. And Boris goes, I'm going to change you all into scrap iron. Banzai! Warning, small robot approaching, carrying weapon of unknown origin. Cancel alert, this unit has dealt with miniature bear before. Can't handle situation. Guess what, Tin Shins? If you think you're going to clobber me like you did before, your batteries are running low. Maybe this will bring them back to full charge. Crack! And he shoots him with the cosmic can opener, and he explodes. 
then uh, you have the uh, other robots flying away, and one of them decides to come back to attack, and he says, I'm Ryan2990, or I mean Astro Boy, I mean attack. That's kind of funny. I, I guarantee you in 1986 when I would have read this, I would have had no idea who Ryan2990 is. Um, so that was an American attempt at manga. And a good attempt. It's actually a really fun comic. I think there's only a couple issues. Uh, I actually have the first one given to me by my good friend Kirk Spencer. So anyway, actually, you know, if you run across Ryan... 2990, check it out. So um, he's blasting these robots, and one of the ones he grabs a hold of crashes into a giant hotel building, and it turns out this is the Robocon. And as he's floating down to the floor, he hears uh, someone giving an address at the Robocon. And in conclusion, let me leave you with these words of wisdom given to me by my young master Luke. Oh my! Boris lands on top of him. Help! I'm under attack. One of you big strong dynamo types, please help me. And of course, this is C-3PO. Big strong dynamo types. Oh no! And you see uh, R2-D2. You see the robot from Forgotten Planet, Lost in Space. Not Vincent, but the other kind of floaty. God, Black Hole's been popping up a lot lately. But um, the other floaty robot from... Um, black hole uh i think his name was bob uh you see uh john burns creation i can't remember his, his name cog 3000 maybe or something like that you see dynamo joe herbie from um the fantastic four and he goes wait a minute what is he doing that can opener just what i came for let's rock and he blows up Kurt, uh herbie gangway this really burns me up uh, is what cog says uh, help me, Will Robinson, help me. He gets attacked and blown up. Uh, one of the Gundam robots comes along, and he gets shot by the Cosmic Can Opener and, and says, Gun damn it, that hurts. Uh, and Borisa tells him, there's more where that comes from. Oh no, I can't let that one get away. Hold still, this won't hurt long. And he's got the Cosmic Can Opener to someone's head, and it is Iron Man. And he says, but I'm not a robot. Then get out of my book. And he kicks him through a wall. And he says, suddenly it got quiet. Then I heard them. They came at me, roaring out of the sun. They were counting on the element of surprise. They weren't counting on the cosmic can opener. Zap. Flam. Yeah. Retreat. They had had enough. And I thought my troubles were over. Instead, they were just beginning. Mr. B-Bear, and this is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, some, almost 11 men holding papers. We represent the corporation, and we've come for the Cosmic Can Opener, which you will hand over to us forthwith. But Kirby gave this to me. He thought it up. He designed it. He made it with his own hands. And it says designed by Kirby on the side. That's right, but we own it. To be continued next issue. And turn the page... And got some fun letters in here. Um, you've got one from Richard Penny writing in. Uh, you've got Dale Lachino, associate editor of the Comics Journal. Uh, you have other people who were kind of angry at how he hurt all the different animals. Uh, then you have a letter saying how great it was that he hurt all the animals. There's a letter that says, You bloodthirsty, murderous little teddy bear. Do you have any reason to justify your existence? And Boris, of course, writes, Yes, my first issue was a complete sellout. Other quick quotables. Boris the Bear number one is one of the greatest comics I've ever read. I think Boris should get a medal. 
I think your comic is disgusting. Yes, disgusting. So, and that was in two pages of Bear Mail. Uh, the last one I'm going to read, it's kind of fun. It comes uh, printed from Now Comics and uh, has Now Comics letterhead. And I'm going to read this one. Boy, am I mad. The comic event of the decade and e Eben, um, that's pronounced Eben, on sale every other month from Now Comics, rates only one panel and in a crowded group shot to boot. What's your problem? Is something against a guy trying to make a buck? What really teased me off is the fact you didn't have the courtesy to show Eben, reserve your copy now, buying the birdhouse in the sky. I searched and searched, but I couldn't find Eben, asked for it by name, getting his brain splattered, his beak bludgeoned, or his feathers plucked. Fine, see if we ever mutilate Boris in our book. Do you have any idea what a little more exposure would have done for Eben? Number four on sale now. If you'd have just shown an ounce of respect in your well-written, nicely drawn, extremely funny comic that demand for Eben, I'm running out of plugs, so just buy it, would have skyrocketed. I blame you, Mike Richards, and Randy Stradley, and James Dean Smith for loss of possible sales. May you rot for all eternity atop the independent comic book dung heap. Have a wonderful day. Michael Dempsey, writer, co-creator, along with Chris Ecker of Eben. Boris says, Michael, we're sure sorry about our omission. And you see him with the gun, bam! Eben gets shot in the head. We hope this, whap, 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 Eben is being beaten to the ground, helps make it up to you. You see him plucking someone, and he goes, there, feel better now. And it's Eben plucked, no feathers, just been beaten to tar. Uh, last thing on here is a couple of ads. One of them is for Honk 2, second issue of a new humor magazine. Uh, it costs two seventy-five and seventy-five cents, or you can send them thirteen dollars for all six issues. And closing the issue, I always think it's fun when a house ad is uh, for something you're actually reading. Is the black and white house ad for Dark Horse Presents number two and Boris the Bear, the issue we've just read number two. So, like I said, I just wanted to share this one with you. Little little of a special comic for the start of a new year. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Check us out on I was Joe at twi on Twitter or at 21st Century Boys on Twitter. That's 21 S T C E M B O Y S. Have a great day, guys. Thanks.